The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The February 15th edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of February 15th, 2023. Journey from Loneliness to the Joys of Human Connection. This Valentine's Day couple celebrates love of chocolate, wine, and community. Understanding African American History Month, editorial. Plus, choice excerpts from the Sheriff's Log. From the Island's Sounder, Journey from Loneliness to the Joys of Human Connection, by Toby Cooper a collection of short plays deliciously exploring the theme of loneliness is opening in Orcus Center's Black Box. The Lonely Plays, written by Seattle playwright Heidi Highmark and directed by local Ellen Graham, opens Wednesday, February 22nd and runs through February 25th at 7 p.m. Orcus audiences will share a delightful escapade that meticulously dissects loneliness, strips it bare, and reveals rewarding pathways to the joys of human connection. Tickets are available at orcuscenter.org event the-lonely-plays. We are all trying to connect, says Graham who is delighted to be staging this first-ever production of Highmark's work. With a multiple hat-wearing cast of only seven, Graham has stitched together, with words and song, six independent pieces into one thematic evening that is at once quirky, humorous, and thoughtful. By the end, in Highmark's words, we will all have grappled with the desperate need we have for connection, bond, love, friendship, anything that lifts us out of our self-imposed isolation. And, Graham adds, live theater is the ultimate antidote to us becoming lonelier as people. Orcus Center's artistic director, Jake Perrine, selected the lonely plays, hired director Graham, and, when not playing roles on stage, executes lighting and sound. He finds the play reveling in shared experiences, adding that any togetherness becomes a healing moment, the very essence of connection. We hope that people will see themselves in the characters, he said. If loneliness emerges from the failure of connection, the Lonely Play's creative team, Graham, Perrine, and Highmark, lay blame on the dehumanizing effects of life in the digital age. Today, adults are the first generation to fully grow up in the Internet age, says Perrine, reflecting that we find ourselves in a cultural knot where information is cheap, it's connection that has become expensive. Paradoxically, on the surface of today's cell phone-driven, social media-saturated culture, connection would seem to be ubiquitous. But Graham sees tiny electronic screens as offering a mere proxy for relationships. She finds that kids today seem anxious, and laments that social media provides contact but not connection. Highmark's theater career began at the age of nine, playing Joe in a Summerstock company's production of Joe Egg. 
She turned professional in Minneapolis, Minnesota, then moved to Seattle, where her career in writing, directing, acting, and business management flourished in award-winning fashion. She became a champion of theatrical work by women, gaining celebrity as founding creative director for the much-heralded May West Fest, a now-discontinued series of festivals featuring plays written and directed by women. Highmark says some of the scenes in the Lonely Plays are derived from personal experience, but throughout, her love affair with quirky details, the kind that start small but shapeshift into melodrama, is on full display. She toys with gibberish-speaking oddballs in unexpected places, such as a funeral home. She creates mild audience shivers with an identifiable incel, short for involuntary celibate, a heterosexual male who blames women and society for his own inability to form romantic connections, who exhibits a disquieting tendency to address people in the third person while talking directly to them. Always hungry for the next chapter, Highmark muses that artificial intelligence may supply grist for her next artistic experiment. If the Internet age has engendered a crisis of connection, what will become of the first full AI generation where classes are taught, restaurant tables served, buses driven by faceless robotic inventions? It's already happening. It's the failure of connection on steroids. The Lonely Plays stars Jake Perrine, Caleb Summers, Colleen Smith-Summers, Kelsey Hamilton, Liz Doan, Luanne Pamatian, and Brian Benepe. Lights and Sound by Perrine. Deborah Sparks created the props. Tom McDonough is tech wizard, sound designer, and sound and lighting operator. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, this Valentine's Day couple celebrates love of chocolate, wine, and community. By Kelly Balcom Bartok. Valentine's Day holds a special place in the hearts of Catherine and Roberto Moya, owners of Chin Chin Goods, in Friday Harbor. The couple first met over 12 years ago in New York City while they were both working in the fashion industry. According to Roberto, they fell in love almost immediately, got married very quickly, and we've been married over 10 years now. Catherine moved to New York to go to school for fashion, and two weeks after she graduated, she found a full-time job and was working 60 hours a week in the industry the entire time she lived in New York. I would get home at 1 in the morning, go to bed, wake up at 6 a.m., and do it again, because I was working on runway shows for Tory Burch, Coach, Theory, and small brands, I was doing runway shows, then had to get up and go to China the next day, and things like that. So it was great for your 20s, and to do all those fun things, but it takes a toll. Working in the fashion industry in New York provided the couple the opportunity to meet a lot of interesting and famous people. One Valentine's Day, the couple commissioned a famous comic book artist to draw likenesses of them. That was really sweet, and that's our little family, says Roberto of the colorful artwork proudly displayed in their shop. Speaking of family, that's what originally drew the couple to the islands. My mother moved here in 2017, says Roberto. She told us about it. 
she's got a very thick Mexican accent. And she was like, free day harbor. And I was like, what? So as I'm Googling it and saying, I think she got scammed, she came here three times in the winter, and on the third time, she bought a house. She just really liked the idea of living somewhere difficult to get to. And then she told us about the nesting bald eagles in her backyard, and so I was like, that's a lie. I think they are super extinct. And then we came here to see it, and we fell in love with it and moved here in 2018. According to Catherine and Roberto, the couple wanted to get away from the hustle and bustle of Manhattan and move closer to family. That was really important to us, says Roberto. Catherine was already working remotely, so the move to Friday Harbor was perfect for the couple. While fashion has kept them busy, food and wine has been their true love and what has created so many special memories and relationships for the couple. So we never had friends in fashion, says Catherine. We always had friends in wine, and that's what we're really passionate about, is natural wine. So when we saw this shop was for sale, we thought that was our opportunity to share something that we love and we've had a lot of great experiences with. My mom loved this shop, formerly Friday Harbor Chocolates, and she's the one that led us to the shop. She would come in here every week and buy a bunch of stuff, and she's the one that told us that it was for sale. So that's the reason we're here, is because of my mother, in more ways than one. For the Moyas, opening Chin Chin is a celebratory thing. It's a nice thing, says Roberto. We really liked the idea of making this place a really nice place for people to come to in whatever mood they're in. They come in here and it kind of gets turned around or made better in any kind of small way. That's why we call it the Good Life Essentials, because we have all the Good Life Essentials here, adds Roberto. Like natural wine, port, really nice beer from all over the world. We have some beer from Estonia and Belgium and Lambic beers and Amaros and Vermouths. And we also have a really nice non-alcoholic section, which we've curated ourselves so it's got different antigens in them, or other things, that kind of make it worth drinking that kind of stuff. It's all really fun stuff. And so we make sure that everything in here tastes really good, and everything kind of keeps up with that ethos of being very conscious about what you're eating and drinking and putting into your body. From the Islands Weekly, Understanding African American History Month, Editorial, by Town of Friday Harbor Mayor Ray Jackson. African American History Month is a time to reflect upon the challenges and achievements of past, present, and future men and women of African American descent of whose contributions, creativity, innovations, and personal sacrifices helped to shape the landscape and status of this country we call our home. I have no doubt that the vast number of you who are reading this editorial are already aware and appreciative of these achievements. Yet we as a country, to this day, have failed in making reasonable and sensible restitution to the generations of African Americans who, because of this country's past policies, have continued to systematically keep the African-American population at a disadvantage. 
It is therefore my belief that the purpose of observing African American History Month is of a twofold nature. First is for this country remembrance of the wrongs which were committed upon a race of people who were forced against their will to travel in chains across the Atlantic to an unknown land where they were stripped of name, culture, religion, manhood, self-esteem, and humanity, and used as property to produce wealth and prosperity for their owners. A majority, if not all, were performed under tolerable human living conditions. Secondly, that we observe and acknowledge the many achievements made by the African American community, not only past, but present day, as well many of whom accomplished these feats while still under the racial oppression of our country. We, as a people, must continue to remind our children of the rich heritage so as to motivate them to succeed in a positive way, to be the beacon of hope in a world of hopelessness, and to use this time as an instrument to produce the next generations of African-American scholars, inventors, and government leaders. As the first African-American mayor of Friday Harbor, I fully understand the significance and the responsibility that has been placed in my care, not just for the citizens of the town, but also that of my ancestors, who could have never had this opportunity during their lifetime. I strive to be the best in everything I do in the name of those who came before me. Shamefully, names we won't ever truly know. In closing, I like to say that the time has come for us as a nation to realize that we all need each other if we wish to fulfill our goal of being a truly free and fair place which endorses and promotes racial equality, compassion, and empathy, not with hollow words, but with meaningful actions, displaying to the world at large that we are truly a country worthy to call the greatest country in the world. Take this month to study African-American stories and the contributions they have made to this country. Remember it always, for it is the doom of our nation should we forget. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On February 1st, deputies responded to a reported assault with a vehicle involving a vehicle and a Washington State Ferry crew member. It was not believed that the driver intended to cause harm to the worker. The driver was cited with a criminal citation for failing to obey a flagger. Now, I know the ferries can be frustrating, but let's be kind to our ferry workers. We have only so few of them as it is, and we need every one we've got. A deputy on San Juan Island responded to a 911 hang-up at the hospital. The call was placed by a patient who wanted to report items that were possibly stolen. A report was completed. On February 3rd, a Lopez resident reported a vehicle that was abandoned on private property. The owner was located a short time later, and the car was moved. A Lopez deputy responded to a drugs call. An administrator at the school confiscated a plastic tube containing marijuana from a student. A referral was made to juvenile services.
Kids, don't do drugs, especially not at school. And that concludes the highlights from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. Check out the print and digital versions of the papers for more headlines like Vikings in Tri-Districts, Working to Increase School Funding at the State Level, High-Paced Thriller Comedy 39 Steps opens soon. This concludes the February 15th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. Orcus Center is your place for fun and intrigue this winter with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit www.orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.